and welcome to Around the Console, the Doctor Who mm-hmm. Review Podcast. <laughs> ah, so yeah, this is our first one. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna kick it off just to let you know we are, we we are reviewing the latest episode of Doctor Who, uh, Flux Part One, uh, the Halloween Apocalypse. Um, we're just gonna go around the console and have a chat hey, about it. Um, love it. I'm I'm Bob, by the way. If anyone's interested, and uh, joining me is John and John and Craig. Hello. I, I, I loved it. I I ah, oh. you know, I kind of want to disconnect. I like to disconnect myself from the world of Doctor Who uh, when the new series is on, so as not to get any spoilers, have it ruined for me, engage in any conversation with anyone. Because I don't, I just, I just want to watch it and enjoy it. Um, but I, but I, I don't want to do that. I want to talk about it because I fucking loved it. Um, and I loved you know, it even watched, more on the second watch. Do you know when I watched it, I was thinking Bob will fucking love this. Oh yeah. my god, it's just it unreal. Just, it had everything that you probably needed. Yeah, it ticked all the all the Doctor Who boxes. Only things that Doctor Who can do: a northern space dog, yeah, you know, ah, stuff like that. You know, mental. That dog, it sounds really dim. It took me. I loved the episode the first time I watched it. Loved it much more the second time I watched it. But when I was watching the first time, the thing that grated a little bit was the northern space dog and it didn't twig that it's a bit like a yorkshire terrier until one of my friends said it and the minute she said it was like it's just genius it's just mm. brilliant doctor who and i uh, i loved it even more for doing it yeah well we've all got bits we probably really really love mine was the fact that she she comes out of liverpool and says it's cloppy or a classic yes. and do you know what that even more special because obviously i know I just, you you and sucky are reds so liverpool fans yeah. and I'm, i've got an affinity of liverpool because that's always spotted was a kid before i spotted york but i love the fact to reference the clop era because oh. because after when clop leaves eventually and he will yeah. I think it, I was having a conversation with a friend who's a, who's, a, who's a Liverpool fan as well. That would be remembered as possibly one of the best eras in Liverpool football, and oh, he yeah, would be as the best manager. And Guys, love... for non-footballers, can you just explain the Klopp era? Because that uh, did go over my head. He's, he's a good Klopp. manager. Yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Right. And he's just an absolute legend. Everybody loves him, I think, don't they? No matter what their I allegiance mean, that, is. That reference is great, but the reference to seeing the Barcelona game nine times, because oh. I've like seen it about that time. <laughs> and I was the ball boy for Trent once, which is like, oh man, that's it. Fucking, that's the end of it. I love Doctor Who forever now. Yeah. He is my Doctor <laughs> forever. This is the best show ever. But it's I love great, the fact that, that that John Bishop got his sort. That's his thing, isn't it? He's a Liverpool. He's a red, and he yeah, got all that. Yeah. In. And it kind of, you know, mm. I just yeah, I thought it was brilliant. And I was really, really not looking forward because I think John Bishop is possibly the most unfunny comedian ever. And he just grates on me loads. But I loved him in this. Mm. I thought he played the part just amazingly well. Just a just a just a fella. A it was nice a really color. nice heartwarming character, wasn't he? You got a nice thing. He's clearly a man that wants to fill his time. He was doing the museum just because he loved Liverpool so much. He, he was doing the food bank and, and giving away everything so he'd have anything. And he just got the impression in a, such a short space of time that he was actually a, a really decent bloke. Yeah. That's yeah. the impression I got. It was nicely acted. And I, I did read somewhere, I can't remember where it was, that he asked all the questions. It's like... If that happened to me, you'd be like, yeah, right, whatever. And he actually asked it. He came out with the questions that I was thinking, and I loved that. That was a perfect role. Do you want to hear my theory on John Bishop um, and his character, Dan Lewis? So I I, I think think he's he's a... I think he meant... Oh, God, I need to do a bit on this. So I probably need to come speak about something before we actually go into my theory, because it'll make more sense. So the main thing I loved 
was the fact that um, Chibnall has come in brave and bold after all the you know people kicking off mm. about the, the timeless yeah. child, blah blah, which to me is the biggest and brave one of the well definitely the biggest and bravest thing done in New Who, an amazing yeah, yeah. idea concept, and one thing that was mentioned with uh, Doctor Ruth in the previous one when we first, in fact when we first met her, Absolutely. which again another brave thing, the division. And obviously yes. that's what the Doctor's doing yes. now is she's looking for the Division. That's the first thing. The second thing is Swarm. So the new, beautiful, awesome baddie. Because I was thinking, oh, please don't be the Master or whatever. But then when he started saying we danced and you don't remember and, you know, and all that through time, I was like, so that means obviously she's going to have this awesome like Master-like nemesis from before she can remember. And that is amazing in itself. So it's like, it's like, the, uh, it's like the, the big... Massive overarching good versus evil battle yes. yeah. that, that frames the entire universe. Yeah. And you've got like the Doctor of the Timeless Child. It's just like, it's like almost like myth status where she has got her side and the constant battle with this evil swarm fella and they battle every eon and one of the wins and then she forgets and then it happens all over again it's like a time it's like oh, a proper I, I missed I miss that bit you know no, it seems like I, this doctor keeps having her mind plagued didn't she she knew nothing about the timeless child and then she remembers yeah. it and now once again we have this we danced before and it's like what the, what are all these revelations that just keep coming to me she's like the doctor that doesn't know who she is and she's slowly learning so much about herself and you think Love that's it. that's that swarm that, that when the battle that this memory uh, memories are the memories of the doctors are raised it, you possibly yeah. oh i didn't i didn't pick up on that that was lovely because even the flux seems quite sentient doesn't it I and mean, what if anything is controlling that because the end when it, it changes direction towards her I did wonder if it had picked up on her and moved direction deliberately for that reason. I don't yeah. know. It was just something that... It, it, it seems more than just some kind of, like, <clears throat> natural phenomenon. It feels like it's being controlled and manipulated. That's how it said yeah. to me. It's, yeah. I mean, we've had a number of different... I've had uh, space operas and science fiction that I've watched and read that does do this swarm idea where something's incrementally consuming the galaxy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it's just pure space opera stuff, and I love it. I think what I really like about this whole the, the setup is the fact that in this first episode, nothing got resolved. Particularly, we've got we've got setup, we've got building blocks, all the stuff we crave as story watchers. We need to know that the story is going somewhere. It's not going to flippantly just resolve in two seconds. So you've got a load of fucking threads there that they're plucking on and mm. we get no resolution to any of it. It's just so exciting because it's speculation heaven. We stuff to work out. And there is so much in it. It's like, you know, you meet down, you get the you get the bonding of Yaz and the Doctor and you get that mystery of what they've been up to. You get the flux, you get the division, you get the Sontarans, you get the Weeping Angels and you Claire. Get Claire. So much thrown. I mean, what is yeah. obviously Claire has now gone back in time. So she kind of, I think she kind of half expected that to happen. And I think Claire's going to come in to, I, well, I don't know when. Well, think about it. The the, the Sontarans and the Weeping Angels are <sighs> traditionally baddies, yes, aren't they? But maybe both of them are trying to stop this flux, and both in their own way are trying to do that. So the Weeping Agent Angel, rather than attacking Claire, has taken her and sent her back to be do whatever it is. Possibly, to help. Yeah. or yeah. to help, or she's got to be in a certain place to meet the Doctor again at a certain time. What? So everybody's helping. 
Yeah. What I loved when the Weeping Angels came, it was just so unexpected. In my head, there were six chapters and it was going to be the Sontarans one week, the, the Weeping Angels the next week. That's just the way I kind of visualize it. So when the Sontarans, when the, well, I kind of knew the Sontarans because it kind of was in all the publicity. When the Weeping Angels came into it in that street, it was like, it was a real kind of, oh, I didn't expect that moment. And the and the way it was done, you know, the, the look in the, in, the, in the iris and you see the Weeping Angel come and then just the, the door. I'm wondering. Was... I'm wondering who Claire is, and because uh, that that moment when she met the doctor and she's like, yeah. oh, uh, it's um, it's like love and monsters all over again, wasn't it? What did she say? She's just taking the long way home. I think that has some reference. There must be a reference to something else. Taking it... the long way home has to be a fucking clue. Have um, we missed something, or is it? Is it? Something I don't know. There's something deep in there somewhere about that because that moment felt like one of those revelatory statements that she made. Yeah, it felt uh, like she knew what was going to happen, but yeah. she didn't quite know when. So yeah. she was, was she putting it off by taking the long way at home? And and then you've got the um, uh, Swarm's sister. Oh, yeah. she looked circle. beautiful, that face, though so silver. It looked like a, it looked like a, I think you hang on the Christmas tree. The effects were great on this. Yeah. The uh, When Swarm destroyed uh, that, that uh, division guard, yeah, and also when he got like those crystals in his head, and yeah, and it's like, yeah, this is boss. This is like, this is the equivalent of waking a dark god from beneath some mountain, and him, and this is the final end of days yeah. fight of good and evil that we're seeing right now. It was just done so well, wasn't it? Because obviously, you know, there's always that how scary can Doctor Who be? How many deaths? So there we are. You get the two guards come down, and it just eliminates her straight away. It was like, boom, there we go. And you as well. And it almost almost set the tone that life was going to be shed in these episodes. There was going to be numbers. It's full on. It's full on. I, I, I just wanted to sort of, when we talk about these bits, these, uh, these parts, these characters, what Chibnall has always done brilliantly well in Broadchurch, for example, which is a phenomenal and brilliantly written TV show, is mm. that sort of six, eight part show where he's introducing all these parts these players in episode one and yeah. then takes each part sound of it from there and that it's long that, form rather than yeah. short form episodic yeah. stuff yeah and that's and that's where his strength lies um mm. that's why I'm, I'm i'm really excited loved it and i'm really confident it's going to be brilliant i do think Chibnall was hampered by the fact that he had to write episodic stuff and maybe there was an arc that was overarching, but it wasn't the main thrust of the story. Still had to have a weekly villain and weekly yeah. sort of resolution. Without that hampering him, you can see what a proper writer he is. Yeah. Because clearly he'd been given the fucking reins of Doctor Who. He's not a shit writer. <laughs> and despite no. what Twitter artists say about <laughs> and but, but Broadchurch is one of the best TV shows of, of our sort of recent times, really. And yeah. it's, it, normally the ITV stuff, I'm not a massive fan of it, but it was awesome. Um, and that and that's what he does so well. And it's just got us all, all intrigued as to how all this is going to play out. Oh, my Dan Lewis theory. So now we've touched right. on yes. some of this yeah, yeah. division um, pre-Hartnell kind of Doctor, Doctor Ruth, Timeless Child stuff. I think Dan is going to be the Doctor. Uh, but on, in, a, in a chameleon arc or whatever they call it, you know, when it's hid as a human body. And I, uh, the, the reasoning why, and I'm probably reading too much into it, is the fact that, yes, you could look at it as just a normal bloke taking these things on the chin. Or you could look at it like he never seemed that surprised by a lot of crazy stuff. And he makes one comment about yeah. the TARDIS saying, oh, is well, he... is his, oh, is God, his yes, bigger... Just... 
um, and stuff like that. Yeah, now, it does. All, all of his attributes are leading towards a doctor. You know, helpful, nice. We'll put there, put put, put other people's uh, aid first, like with the sweep yes. and stuff like that. Yeah. It just reeked a lot of the Doctor. Now, obviously, that's what you want in a Doctor Who friend companion or, or whatever you want to call it. But I've just got a feeling that there's, there's something... Got a revelation. Yeah, there's a big revelation well, with them. Do you remember... I, I, I can't remember the name of the uh, episode, but the Derek Jacobi reveal. Yeah, the yes. master, that's oh, what I mean, yeah. God, yeah, but he was, he was considered to be the kindliest, wonderful man that was helping things, Ooh, and he turns out yeah. to be a fucking baddie. Yeah. He turns out to be the master, so just tag that onto you. You don't know what, to the what's end. going to happen next. Oh, John, I like that a lot, yeah. yeah but I'm I mean, he's probably just a companion friend, but I just, there's just them little bits yeah. would yeah. rationalise a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you could sort of say he's an old bloke, he gets by and he's a nice guy and all that kind of stuff. I just think he was a bit too blasé mm. to it all. Suspiciously. But, yeah, I'd not tweaked up on that. I, I did see that line, but I just saw it as one of those kind of scouse kind of, oh, yeah, you know, joking. Seen, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's why yeah. I read it and I it liked could, it. It could, could still be that, though. It yeah. could still be that. Uh, Jodie was great in this. I loved it she, all the way through. She was fantastic. That the, the one bit that really loved was the uh, right synchronized watches. Hold on, don't have a watch. Let's go. Yeah. But I just the way she delivered that line was classic. Yeah. She was very good in this, and there was tons of action. There was not a lot of um, other stuff, but what she did do was like, yeah. yeah. Do you know, I already know I am so going to miss Jodie Whittaker. It, it, I don't know why, because she's done two series and they're not particularly short series, but I, I feel like I still don't massively know this doctor. Mm. She's still so new to me. And it just feels hard. I genuinely, I'm so gutted that this is her last series because I think she's amazing. I think there's so much more that her doctor's got. I know she's got mannerisms and you can see how she's going to act at times, but she's just great it feels like she's been cut short in some ways but we've already seen two series Craig. we've got uh, this rest of this I know, series i know i know we've got but three just, specials but already i'm feeling no it's like when capaldi was on his last one i was like yeah it's time for a change and towards the end of 10 i was even though he, i loved him as a doctor it was getting to the point where it's time for a change but already it's like no, it's not time for you to go yet. Yeah. Not at all. I, I think I she could have done with a couple of seasons, but this might be the season that does cement it in there. Yeah, opinion, I think. Maybe. Yeah, it's only six episodes. And it'll be very over very quickly. Yeah, because isn't uh, one of them? Th isn't this one an hour long? This the next one, isn't it? A, an hour or something? They're not all fifty minutes. I think it's quite a long episode. I mean, that's you know the way of it, isn't it? These days, yeah, you're getting a lot yeah. less out of the episodic stuff and more of the oh yeah, the full yeah. stuff. And I yeah. It's, I love the six-hour story, isn't it? Yeah, Yaz is always spot on, and and like when you were saying about Jodie in those moments, she lets synchronize watches. I love that bit. I know it was using the trailers as well. Is when she's talking to herself and she's like, "Yes, Doctor, that makes complete. Do you understand that? Yeah, I don't understand a word. That bit where she, that <laughs> vulnerability of, of her companion must feel, and the Doctor's all mm. sci-fi jargon at you, and she's suddenly left alone with a plan that you think. I wouldn't know what that means. I loved it. I, I love Yaz. I love it a bit. I love the intro with them two on that broom <laughs> broomstick, yeah. gravity bar. Yeah. It did look yeah. like Wicked Witches at yeah. some point, didn't it? It did, it did, it did. And it was just watching Hocus so Pocus. over the top, crazy yeah. camp, all the awesome things yeah. that, that I love in Doctor Who. And that's what this did really well as well, as well yeah. was thanks to the writing, was you got that bit. This is what I always said Chibnall would be, a cross between Moffat, and and Davis. and Davis and his yeah. old man as well, and that's yeah. this is what this series is going to be, yeah. and that and that's 
that's this is the this is I, I mean I'm, I'm first episode in. This is the some of the best Doctor Who we've seen. Oh, it's brilliant uh, because it. it is. I recognise it as Doctor Who. It's just yeah. he can do all the things Doctor Who should do. It's stupid. It's dark. It's all these things. Sorry, John. It's it's fifty minutes of like. There's so much stuff in there. I mean, there was oh, God, so yeah. much. Was, we haven't even mentioned the Liverpool in 1820, you know, Dan, Yaz and the Doctor, uh, Claire, mm. the Angel, the Sontar. It, so it was all there, ready for next and, week. And we also had as well, didn't we? Um, I can't remember her name now, but Dan's date that wasn't a date. And Die. she was walking Die. into Die. that Die. I yeah. loved her walking into the house. What is she walking into? That was like, and I looked with well, the door open. It's like a proper horror thing. Well, it's no, like a portal thing, and she ended up yeah. in this sort of cavern, didn't she? Yeah. And Just what, at the same time that oh, Claire she did, ended up she wherever did, I forgot she that, but yeah, yeah, she did go into the cavern, I forgot. And that's, oh, and we're going to have fun with you. And it's like, oh, And, that, and do you know what? And that's another reason why my theory about Dan being the... the uh, something extra, there's yeah, something extra with the, with the doctor. It's because, I think you could be onto something there. Bob. Because then if it's Di, Anne, or whatever, that she'll companion? be... Yeah, well, not, not, not a companion necessarily, but, but someone to lure... Doctor Dan, we'll call him, uh, to the to, to the like to the it. swarm. I, I, again, yeah. it's probably bullshit, but that that was and, my and thinking. Also, and also, we've not even mentioned Vinter yet. The the guy on the oh, outfit, yeah. Rose. Yeah, this is what I mean. He was so set to play. He was set to play as well, wasn't he? So yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, like, we'll well, we've seen pictures of him with uh, with the Doctor, haven't we? In sort of promo yeah. shots. I felt his part was quite not limited in it, but he was just there, kind of from was it Station Rose or something like that was a nice yeah. reference back, kind of uh, just and he was there reporting on the flux. I don't know, he didn't really do much more than that, but we know he's going to come into it. Obviously, he's been introduced. And yeah, exactly. The idea of the flux was launched through yeah. him. So and like and like you said, John, it was listed up so many pieces. It was like God, it's so so broad as a as a first up episode. It was like one thing after another, non-stop. When do we get a song? You what? When do we get a song? But it wasn't too much because that, that's no. that. This is the yeah. point of it. It's gonna be. It was. Yeah. It was. There's loads going on, but that's the point. Yeah. It's all just the well, foundation ready for the next six part, uh, five parts. I've seen a couple of reactions to this episode, and a lot of the reactions by traditional Doctor Who reviewers are, "What? This really? is so complicated. I don't understand oh what's God. going on." Because I think. They've got to shift their minds over from the this sort of long form. But the usual expectation is that it's very, very simple. This is looking a little bit more meaty. There's more meat on these bones. But it needs that, doesn't it? it yeah, yeah. In Moffat's era, I, I, I always felt that it was it was a really good story, but condensed so quickly that it ne you never got time to, it didn't mm. mature. It was rushed into 50 minutes, 45 minutes. Whereas this is clearly as complex, but it's going to expand and grow mm. and take you with it at a nicer pace. It's and brilliant. Beautiful, it's brilliant. Beautiful effects it, all the way through as well. Yeah. The effects were great. And and I think this is what, oh, yeah. what um, you know, the, these, the, the bigger TV shows do really well is that complete story. Even the ones that, are, you know, they're usually 10 parts on American mm. streaming television service, mm. services. That's how they kind of roll it as well. They have this yeah. sort of setup and then off the go, an episode for each setup. 
or play and that's our character. How we, and that's how people want it these days. Yeah, because yeah. because uh, then you want to watch it. Don't you want to? You yes. have to watch it all. Then you can't just dip in yeah. and out. No, I love yeah. that. It's Twin Peaks, isn't it? Can we talk about the Santarans? Because I was mm. really excited that they came back. John, what, cause what did you think of them? Because obviously you, you're you used to the the, the kind of the, the uh, Strax and things like oh, that. Yeah, they were great. I think they were more convincing looking than Strax, to be honest. Yeah. Strax is too shiny. Yeah. But I think that I, I kept a close eye because was, there was big detail of those faces, of the Santaran yeah. faces. And the quality of the makeup was absolutely fucking mint. You couldn't see disgusting. the joints. It was, it was disgusting, but <laughs> I love the little interplay between the two Santarans. Yeah. I find you disgusting. Yeah, well, we can move past that. Dun, Dun Starkey. Dun Starkey. <laughs> it did, yeah. Yeah, it? yeah, it was Dun Starkey doing it. I was surprised. Mm. Right, yeah. I don't know. I can't get this out of my head. I, I, I do agree with what you're saying, but my problem is they've kind of gone uh, sort of uh, Invasion of Time, Three Doctors, uh, two doctor styles and towns which I didn't doctor, yeah. really like. Obviously, with loads better makeup and all that kind of stuff, yeah. and the more war and whatever. I don't know. There's some just some I've got that in my head now, and I can't get it out of my head. But I do agree what you're saying. They look good and oh. and all that. But I just I, see I the two doctors. Santarans were my favourites. Were they? So I, yeah, I love uh. probably because that, that was probably because it was the first time I saw them. That I remembered obviously i would have seen the Santaran experiment as a kid but i was too young yeah um so when the Santarans came back it was the two it was the, uh, the two doctors so i loved it and i loved the music in that and i loved the, the space balls oh my god their spaceship looks amazing i love Santaran ships they're just so sexy um but but they are they're just sexy they're spaceships just, yeah. They what's, are. what's your top five sexiest spaceships, Craig? Dalek spaceships are cool. Santaran <laughs> spaceships are cool. And beyond that, I actually can't remember anymore. <laughs> I thought you'd be more Simon. into rockets. Buff, buff, yeah. You know, the phallic kind yeah, of I like, shapes. I like, I, I like a good rocket as it goes up. <laughs> but anyway. But yeah, no, I, I, I love the Santarans. And I love the fact uh, that it was so simple because you're so used to Santaran invasion fleets and it was just him and and it was things like give me your report which went all the way back to Santaran experiments where they've been doing the little, little, little things I love that in fact there were loads of references like that because even when the doctor meets Dan she does the whole hi I'm the doc now run for your life which is obviously a cross back to the very first sentence that Chris says to uh, Rose isn't it yeah. I'm the doctor run for your life and I just love the cleverness of some of that writing uh, clever I didn't see that one close to Bell Cloister Bell. Cloister Bell, back. yeah. Love that. Has that not been in recently? No, I've, not for a while. I still, I still think, I mean, it will have been in the new, in new here at some point, I oh, think. Oh, God, yeah. But not, it was, not as, ob yeah, but not as obvious as that. It was yeah. like, that was, ooh, impending it, doom. You know it's serious when the Cloister Bell sounds. It reached mm. a point, I think it might have been under Russell T. Davis, and you know I love his era so much, but it did reach a point the Cloister Bell was getting really regular. And then it has gone for ages, and I cannot remember the last time we had the Cloister Bell. And when it rang, it was like, oh, what is this? Sorry, calm down. An alarm is more alarming if it's only rarely heard. That's it, yeah, that's it. Yeah, because it was always... time Chibnall's used it. It was always serious when the Cloister Bell, you know, you knew it was serious. It was a serious, mm. serious things a serious sound. I've got to comment as well. Obviously, Jody used a lot of the sonic screwdriver or sonic scanner, as I'm going to start referring referring to it. And I think that's quite a good thing. It's a bit Star Trek, -y, isn't it? The fact she uses mm. it as this like tricorder or whatever, yeah. mm. and because it does sort of 
move you on with the plot rather than having to mess about saying oh, let's yeah. do an experiment on this to find for half an hour to find you know it's just, just that's what it is let's get on yeah i like that i think the, i think the problem is that a lot of people uh have expectations of what things are and i think the sonic screwdriver for, screwdriver for some people is just really unscrewing shit yeah. but the fact that all, all through new who it's been pretty much all certainly in the latter half of new who it's been uh an integral part of it and why not she's the doctor why not have the good shit that can help analyze stuff well nobody wants an episode like in the past where john pertwee is going to spend an entire episode with his bunsen burner his chemical test tubes out but that's, 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 something. It, but that's then, great in his time yeah, but, but now yeah, it's not, now. not no not now so so exactly what you said bobby it, it, it's quick it's done it's like the tricorder it moves the plot on we don't need to know the details we've got his workers like it doesn't do wood and i just think it's really good for that yeah no, it's it's uh, it's it's some. I'm, I'm very very excited, and I'm very much loved this. Okay. Um, yeah, loved it. Um, mm. Should we should we hear from uh, Sucky and his family? Absolutely. In the in the listeners in a bit of listeners feedback. So Sucky got around the console. Unfortunately, he's not with us tonight, and Cliff isn't either. Uh, but first, you're going to hear Sucky having a chat with his kids while they read out some listeners feedback and a few other surprise guests along the way. Uh, and then you're going to hear from our Sheps, um, who's, like I said, both unfortunately can't be with us tonight, but you're going to hear it's from probably, them now. It's probably X-rated his Sheps, so just to be aware. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it's, it's true, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll still get an explicit on everything that we do, I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> here's some audio. Hello. Uh, right, I've got my kids here with me to uh, talk about latest episode of uh, Doctor Who Flux. Uh, the Halloween apocalypse. So I'm just going to ask both of these guys what they actually thought of the episode. So, so I've got my daughter here, Lucky. Yeah. What oh, do you think? Oh, of the episode. Yes. Uh, 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 let me think. One second, pause it. No, no, it's all right. Carry on. I'll edit it all. <laughs> oh, I was. I'll play it. She's Audrey first. Okay. Just what would I give you? You're first, the then. eldest. No, no, like for an order. Don't worry, it's fine, it's okay. Um, my opinion of the episode, I'm, I really, I really, really liked it. I think it was quite different to the other um, episodes. I can't lie, like, I like Jodie's like sort of run, but I just really like this one. Like the beginning was good. Like I don't, I don't think it's like what was it? The beginning part for the the theme song comes on the intro. What was it the? Oh yeah, um, what was it? I actually really liked it compared to like other ones before. A bit like slow. But I liked it, you know, the episode was really good. I think I liked how there was so much going on. How there was like a lot of different things, different places, different people. And it was interesting, I don't know it was interesting. I liked Mandips and Jodie's talk in the TARDIS about why she's not talking. It felt just like they were just normal people talking about stuff. Because like usually I think they just gloss over it and carry on the, carry on the plot. But no, I really I enjoyed it, I liked it. I think it was one of my favourite episodes of Jodie's. That's brilliant, Alice. Thank you very much. But uh, as you can also hear in the background, we have got fireworks going off, so I do apologise for that. Uh, we are living on an estate, and well, yeah, fireworks are going to go off a day before bonfire night. Well, it's also Diwali as well. Oh, and Diwali. Happy Diwali, guys. Happy Diwali. Happy Bundishor. And Bundishor. Right, and we've also got my lad here. Arjun, what do you think of uh, that first episode of Doctor Who Flux? Yeah, I enjoyed the episode. Um, it was a nice build-up to the rest of the series of the oh, next yeah. few chapters. So, and I do yeah. think like the story arc or the whole arc of the series is going to be really good. And yeah, I enjoyed like all the um, the new characters and 
how they started in the show, um, the episode, like with the Weeping Angels mm. and um, with the Centaurans as well. So I really enjoyed the episode. Fantastic. Uh, so we've also actually had some uh, audio feedback as well. So I've got three pieces of audio feedback, which I'll slot in as we're going along. Uh, so the first piece of audio feedback I've had is from Mark Cochran from All The Time and Space Podcast uh, that he presents with in. Uh, and they're just going through the the stories in chronological order with guest hosts. So uh, I'm going to just put a piece of audio feedback in here. Hi, this is Mark from the All The Time and Space podcast. I thought I would just let you guys have my first impressions of the Halloween apocalypse. I really enjoyed it. Um, there was a hell of a lot going on. There's quite a lot to pack into one episode. So obviously this is setting things up for later down the line. I really liked the uh, cast. I thought Carvinista was brilliant. What a great character. And uh, I'm more of a cat person, but yeah, Space Doggos, it just really works. I'm quite intrigued as to the character of Claire. She makes a point of saying that she's going home the long way around. I thought that was, um, maybe that's a bit of a red herring to try and put you along the, uh, the path of thinking that she's potentially the next Doctor, but I think that's... Yeah, maybe that's just there to mess with our minds. And I thought her scenes with the Weeping Angel were really creepy. It really brought them back as a, uh, a really scary monster. It's really captured that spirit of what they were like in Blink. The Santarans I thought were great. A real harking back to the old style design of the Time Warrior. And uh, they've even got the little insignia on the helmet like they used to have in The Invasion of Time. So that's very cool. And they did the whole thing with the uh, the tongue, which is gross. But yeah, that was a nice little callback. There are lots of bits of fan service in this. They mentioned Nitro 9, and I love the reference to, or maybe I set up the handcuffs when I was Scottish and she tries to do in a Scottish accent. That was really cool. I thought Dan was a really good character. I really like him. I think there's been criticism from some corners that Chibnall can't write well-rounded characters, but I thought he was really good. He comes across as a really caring guy, helped out at the food bank, thinking of other people rather than himself. But they have given him a character flaw, which is obviously he's a Liverpool fan, so just goes to show that no one's completely perfect. I loved all the weird stuff going on with the TARDIS, with all the doors appearing and all that kind of stuff. I thought that was really cool. And I think we're set up for an exciting season. The cliffhanger at the end was amazing when it focuses on all the, the main players in the story and you just you really are just thinking god they're done for now so i'm really looking forward to the next episode so that's enough of me back to the guys and so our first written piece of feedback is from mark klaus and my lad will read it out yes yeah, so he tweeted so many questions but a really promising start Jodie and Man Mandip are a great team and jo John Bishop fits in perfectly alongside them. Lots of intri intriguing clues as to where things might be going, but I reckon there'll be a few twists as well. Has Chibnall saved the best till last? Do you think he saved the best till last? Well... In I his last season, that is. Uh... I think so. Yeah? OK. So did you enjoy the first two seasons, a pair of you? 
to be fair, I can't lie. I only like the episode when the master was in. I can't lie. Oh. That was the second series of Jodie. Yeah. I can't really remember her first season. Okay. Probably. I've no. I don't. Know, I feel like the, the companions. No offense. They weren't very interesting. They weren't enriching properly. I don't think. Like, I liked it. Yeah. I think there was a nice team. I don't think we saw enough of them in the episodes. I don't think there was much interaction as much between them. I feel like there was a lot of plot. Yeah. But I feel like they each companion could have con, 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 was it, con, contributed, contributed, contributed yeah. much more. But I don't think like it wasn't. They weren't. Sh- I feel like it wasn't enough. There wasn't enough show of the companions. If it was, it wasn't right. So, do you think Jody and Mandy as a team, without the other two characters from the first season, are going to be yeah. much better yeah. going forward? Without Dan, well, with Dan Bishop now. Dan, uh, not Dan Bishop, Dan Lewis. I think so because it'll put more folk, it'll put more focus onto her character as well. Yeah, put more focus. I on agree. Her. I think they'll be better together instead of a big. I don't mind a big team. Big team's good, but I feel like they could we know Mandip now better. I think it's better. They'll be better this season. Okay, cheers, Mark, for that. And so our next piece of feedback is from the fifty-first <laughs> Doctor. There was a lot going on, and it was a very comic book, but set up loads of mystery. But it set up a lot of mysteries, 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 mysteries. but maybe too many bracket, bracket, question mark, question mark, question mark. You don't have mark. to worry about that, darling. And look, it makes ads feeling and looks amazing. John Bishop was a good too. The acting is a, or a little wooden for her and Jordy still doesn't convince me as a doctor. But Swan made for a great villain. To be fair, I do agree with the great villain part. Swan was a great villain. I think he was good. He looked very scary. Have you got any ideas what the Swarm is? This, oh, I thought the song was um, the guy who's psychically going towards the doctor's head. We've got one of our guests, <laughs> one of our, one of our my co-hosts from Proctoroo, uh, that's Cliff Shepsteep Dive. Do you want to read out his, Arjun? Yes, yeah, so he tweeted, great, great start, lots to keep us guessing. Fast pace, family, sci-fi, fun, dogs in space rule. Mm. Right. And for for the uh, for the other people out there, why the hell are you sending feedback in on your own podcast, Cliff? Banter. Well no, he like he can do that. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay, don't cry. I would well, do let that. me let me pick on Cliff. I would do that. Right. It's okay, Cliff. So we've got um, next piece of feedback is from Sean Bailey. Here's a question. It's a thumbs up, guys. Thumbs up. That means good. Positive oh, that's superb. Cheers, Sean. The next piece of feedback is from my co-host on the Trek This Out podcast, our Star Trek podcast, and that's Lindsay. And she says... Yeah, so she tweeted, I really enjoyed it. Lots of threads, some good com- comedic <laughs> moments, some excellent effects, and some slightly less excellent. But most of all, I'm really looking forward to what's to come in the next few weeks. Hashtag Doctor Who Flux. Hashtag Doctor Who Flux. Right, that's super. Cheers, Linz. And I'll speak to you soon. Uh, and our next piece of feedback is from Meg Pepin. She tweeted, tweet she, much better. I think there is something lacking in terms of depth and darkness in the writing of the Doctor. But the plot under Jeopardy, 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 Jeopardy this time, I'm making up for that quite a lot. Man, do I even know English? That's the question. That's what I'd like to think. He's no. saying, you know, <laughs> with his reading is so bad. Like, do we even know English? We speak it, but we can't read it. We weren't even taught to read stuff at school. Okay, okay. Calm down. Calm down. 
I know I don't. Right. Yeah, I do. Okay, cheers for that, Meg. Uh, we've got another piece of audio feedback. Uh, so I'm going to put this in there, and that's from Simon's Pierce. Um, just we'll join you straight after this. What can I say? It was a very fast-paced, a very busy episode. It was a great opening to the new series. Um, one of the best, if not the best so far, episodes of Chris Chibnall's era. From the cold opening with the Doctor and Yaz suspended upside down over a river of boiling acid to all that must have been about seven different story threads. We are talking Russell T. Davis level epic and complicated storytelling here. Chris Chibnall has thrown us the Sontarans. He's thrown us the Weeping Angels. He's thrown us characters that on the surface mean nothing, but there's an underlying um, feeling that there's more to their stories. Um, Diane, why did the new... Uh, why did the, the main villain swarm? Why did he kidnap Diane? Claire, who's she? How does she know the Doctor? And why doesn't the Doctor know her? Now that is very, very confusing. And how does Claire know about the Weeping Angels? I mean, everybody would probably know of the angels, but not everybody would know not to blink. Claire knew not to blink. So she's encountered them before. She's been told about how to um, escape them. There's Vinda. Where did his escape pod end up? What was up with him? Yeah, we know he's the Captain Jack replacement. Um, he was there on Observation Outpost Rose, another nice little throwback. And he jettisoned his escape pod and disappeared. No idea who Vindu is, what organisation he belongs to, where he's going to end up, how he's going to encounter the Doctor. The Sontarans, what have they got to do with it? They were just shown, they were put there, they were shown, um, talk, two of them talking to each other, and what they have to do with the flux, no idea. The Williamson Tunnels, as we jumped back to 1820, they're not extremely well known. They're a Victorian folly. So it was surprising to see them in there. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see what part they have to play in this um, story. Um, why would Chris Chibnall have introduced something 
um, quite so niche. It's going to be an interesting ride. Um, Halloween Apocalypse overall episode one was a great story. It was a brilliant introduction to Dan Lewis, the new companion. He got on great with um, the Doctor and Yaz right from the start. Um, And his character was shown to be one with a huge heart, a huge scouse heart, but a man that is not intimidated um he wasn't intimidated by the man that knocked at his door he wasn't intimidated by the carvanista when he smashed through his um house so he he is going to help the doctor and yaz in a big way i feel and halloween apocalypse was a great start to the new series Right, and we come back and we've got our next bit of feedback and that's from Phil Vernon. Yes, so he tweeted lots of stuff happening, most of which had no apparent connection to anything else that was going on. Gonna need a lot of narrative skill to pull all these strands together. Yes, I think I understand what he's saying. There's a lot of stuff going on in that episode. Right, and you just wonder, How is he, he going to be able to get it all together? With in no that plot, final yeah. episode. With no plot home. Right, so there's nothing left over outstanding. But it's like saying, will he mention every... In each episode, will he mention something? Will he mention this flux again every episode? He has to. It's called Doctor Who Flux. What do you mean it's called Doctor Who Flux? The whole series is well, called Doctor also Who Flux. Also, we mention each episode? Yes. Okay, then, then he... Bar- it's a six-part storyline. Is it? Yes. Is that why it's so late in the year? No. It's a six-part storyline. Chapter one, The Halloween Apocalypse. Yeah. Right. Chapter two next week is the War of the Santarans. So it's gonna be. And six. it's called Doctor the Flux. So are you six oh, episodes Doctor this Flux. season? Six episodes this season. Call yourself a Doctor fan. I haven't been on social media. I don't know anything's going on at all. I can't lie to you. Right. Who's gonna read the next bit? Huh? I'll read it. Okay. So the next one is from Pains- Paisley P. Painfort. Painfort. No, Painfort. Oh. Fantastic. The best writing from Chibnall. 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 Chibnall on Who so far. Fast-paced and funny without giving you a moment to breathe. An excellent disaster film set up for what's hopefully a cracking series. I agree with that. I like that. That is uh, something that I also agree with. I think uh, starting off this early with everything going on and it's quite quick. Everything's going from one to another. I really enjoyed that. Hopefully setting up for it. As, as Paisley, Paisley said, a cracking series. Uh, we've got... Uh, <laughs> next uh, feedback is from at Paul Morris 7777 He tweeted rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I can see where he's going with that one. He didn't enjoy it by the sounds of it. Mm. Um, thank you for that. Uh, our next one is from Rob Keeley, author. Um, just time shifted hashtag Doctor Who appropriately flux John Bishop was the best thing in it and it was great to see Liverpool in the series it would have worked better had we discovered Doctor and Yaz from Dan's point of view the story is still all over the place Jodie and Amanda gabbling dialogue and new aliens is a bit daft the new new aliens a bit daft Carvastinator Carvinista Carvinista 
Calvinist that looks like Hacker T Dog, actually. And I don't know why the Centaurans and the Angels were in it at all, but it was winning me over by the end. What did we think? What did you think? Do you agree with what uh, Rob's just said there? Do you think they're gabbling uh, too much, Jodie and Mandy? But do you think the that aliens are a bit That was the part I liked when they went the TARDIS and they were talking about why she's, like, not letting her in. I think that was quite nice to have just them two talking about something. Because I feel like the old Doctor episodes, the, t- the companions talk about stuff. Like, I feel like that definitely, Jodie's definitely talk about stuff. So I quite like that part. That's part I did like. So you like the banter between the two of them? Well, I like them talking. Oh, right, okay. I did like Carvanista. I liked him as a, I liked because he wasn't a villain, but he was kind of funny. What about you, Arjun? What do you think of uh, Carvanista? I liked him. Like yeah, I like I liked him as well. I liked the reference of man's best friend. Man's best friend, <laughs> yeah. Funny. It was, yeah. Um, so we've also got the Santorans and the Angels were in it. I mean, Santorans didn't really have much to do and the Angels did that quite creepy scene. I like the Santoran part. Yeah, what was like... it? He just kept saying, the guy looked awful and he looked disgusting. You look really disgusting. I was just laughing so much. That was hilarious. It was a funny scene. He was just like, he didn't care. He was just like, yeah, yeah, you look awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way they spent the way I they it. I think it's hilarious. What uh, what about the angels? What did you think of that scene where the angels the angel appeared to Claire? Oh dad didn't like that one. It was kind Okay, of, don't tell everybody I didn't like it. Well to be fair, I get where he was coming from, but the average human Maybe she's seen him before, but if you like, you've just seen a weep angel. You're terrified. Your adrenaline's running. You're not with the focus on what you're doing. Your hand will be shaking, opening the door. You want to let all get out as soon as possible. Your brain's not going to be in the right place. Your brain's actually thinking why you prefrontal cortex. <laughs> His decision making is not working because it has to um, put um, new neutrons. Things aren't working in decision making basically when that happens. You are trying to survive, not thinking rationally. Okay, cheers for that, Rob, anyway. Uh, so we've got Liam H. Dempsey, and he's from the Spocklight podcast, excellent Star Trek podcast. Uh, so, and he says... So he said, I had a blast with this. It felt huge, intriguing, complex, and properly funny, with flashes of Douglas Adams. This is what I assumed Chibnall would give us when he came on board. A massive blockbuster epic that makes you desperate to see the next chapter. This was a big chessboard being set up to pay off over the next five episodes, and I really hope it does so successfully. John Bishop as Dan Phil mm. Bradley Walsh's shoes very well indeed, and it was about as visually stunning as mm. Doctor Who gets. Bring on next week. Yeah, definitely. Oh, agree. cheers for that, Liam. Definitely as he says, uh, a massive blockbuster epic. Because mm. right, this is as as. As I've said, this is like a six-part story, and it's got to be spread over like six hours. Is it like um? Is it like miracle? Not a miracle day. Is it like Children of Earth, Do- Torchwood sort of thing? Yes. Yeah, because didn't he write Torchwood? Russell no. T Davies wrote Tor- oh. Torchwood. Oh, did he? Yes, Russell T Davies wrote Torchwood, and this is as I said, most most of this is written by Chibnall. All right, cheers for that, Liam. And we got Joshua Dyble, <laughs> uh with the next bit of feedback. As you know, I can't stick 
I can't stick the Chibnall, Chibnall era, but I still have to put myself through watching it. It is still who, even if I find it as pain, a painful watch. She's as ultra annoying as ever, but the story kept me interested. And a return to the multi-episode story is welcome. A multi-episode story is welcome. Love the return of the scary Centaurans of the classic era. So not all doom, doom and gloom, doom and gloom. We'll look forward to seeing how it pans out. <laughs> Okay, well read there. <laughs> Sorry about that, Joshua, where she mangled some of your words. Boom. Uh, but yeah, Josh, Joshua, over the, year, over the past couple of years, he, he's been sending feedback in and he hasn't really enjoyed uh, Jowdy's era. Mm. Like, right? But by the looks of it, he seems to be quite interested in the start of this brand new epic. Mm. Uh, so hopefully he'll be on board all the way through. Cheers, Josh, for that. Uh, next one is uh, Gary Russell. So he wrote, it was surprisingly all right, lots going on, but overly, overwatchable. Six out of ten. I agree with what he said, but not the six out of ten part. <laughs> okay, you'd give it more. Yeah, seven, eight. Seven, eight. Maybe okay. Eight. Uh, uh, Gary is another one that was, hasn't been really uh, off, uh, up with the, uh, the witch career. So, but he, he seems to be enjoying this first episode as well. Uh, so, our next one is Andrew Fry. And um, they say, "Well, I was surprised with this one. I was entertained. It was good to see the Centaurans looking like their old selves. A much more mean-looking war manga. Manga. And my letdown was the Carvastada. Carvanista. 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 A little too comic book, but I guess it's the one for the kids. All in all, a good romp, and we'll be interested to see how it all joins up. Six out of ten, we've added zero point five for the better, better Centauran. Right. So again, Andrew's uh, East does seem to be that enamoured with the uh, Carvinista, the Lupari, uh, the race. Right. Um, so we'll, we'll see if he comes on board. Maybe on uh, a bit later on in the future episodes. Mm. So we've got our final bit of uh, feedback. feedback, and that's P wearing Paul. Yes, so Paul wrote hard to say. It was very much setting up the rest of the series, so lots of things get introduced but not explained. Thought there were too many monsters. Really like Dan. Seems down to earth <laughs> like Graham. Looking forward to seeing how it all plays out, though. Mm. Oh, superb! Cheers, Paul. As as says, it's all this first episode is just setting things up, and hopefully, uh, as I've said, and you guys have also said, mm. uh, if he can nail the finish, mm. this could be an excellent show. The series, this, series yeah, this, yeah. this time round, but he's just got to make sure all these threads, all these balls that he's got mm. up in the air, manage all to come together. I think it is be exciting. I think it needs to be funny. Doctor has been funny properly for a while, I feel like. You don't think he's been funny for a while? I feel like, maybe because we watched a bit of Old Doc 2 today, can't I? Yeah. I feel like that was, there was more comedic, like, dialogue than there is. And I feel like if there's comedic dialogue, the actors aren't doing it properly. I feel like it, they're good companions yeah. and they can act, but like their delivery with their dialogue isn't always works out. Right, okay, so maybe hopefully they'll be more comedic yeah. uh, in their roles. Yeah. Now, is there any, anything that you're looking forward to in these next five weeks, anything in this first episode that you think would be something that you'd th uh, stand out, you think that's a storyline I want to follow? Uh, I think the Santarans were quite funny, can't lie. Well, that's going to be the next episode. Maybe they might even appear later on in the series. Oh, I wonder if I happen to Claire because of Weeping Angels. Yeah. 
that's a bit of a strange storyline, don't you think? When that she seems to nail the doctor, but then she gets sent in the past. How is she going to nail the doctor to See, be able to be in the future? I find that interesting. She came mm-hmm. over, you could tell she was like psychically something influenced. But she said, I've seen you, but in my past, whatever. But I feel like she goes back to 1820, doctor sees her 1820, she knows, then something happens, obviously happens. And then I bet the doctor takes her back to the future again, like a whole cycle, something like that. Because that could work, a whole cycle, because she's seen her in the future, but then in the past, she's again. You're confusing me now. I get it. It's like a cycle. It's like a cycle. Go back in the a past, time back loop. to the future. But like, she goes back to eight, let me say eight and twenty. Doctor Caesar eight and twenty takes back to the future. You know what I mean? And then back again, back again, back again. That could work. That could be a time loop per se. Okay. Because okay. Doctor's definitely going to eight and twenty at some point. Doctor, all right, yeah, yeah, he's, he's def- she's definitely going to the past. Right, so we'll leave that there, and uh, we've got our final piece of audio feedback that we had sent in, and that's from uh, Philip and Dwayne. Uh, from the uh, Sirens of Audio podcast, an excellent podcast that covers all things uh, Big Finish. And they sent some feedback in all the way from Dan Under. Here you go. Thank you, Suki, for asking Philip and I to have a little chat about the latest Doctor Who series, Doctor Who Flux. Philip's right here next to me, in a different state, but next to me on the screen. (laughs) On screens, we're close together. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to doing this because you know, I love talking about Doctor Who. And so, yeah, I'm looking forward to having a chat about what happened on Sunday night in the UK and uh, early Monday morning for me. It was early Monday morning. It was about 6.20am when Doctor Who appeared on iView over here in Australia. Well, I'm saying it was, I'm saying it was 7.30am because that's when I watched it. <laughs> Just a, a, a few thoughts on the episode. Well, there's lots of positives. Firstly, can I just say, visually, it was just stunning. I I don't think Doctor Who has ever looked as good in terms of how it's shot, how it's filmed. Um, The special effects were just astounding. And so I just just loved visually where it was. I think the costumes, um, the makeup, um, once again, just just extraordinary in terms of the length they've gone to. So that was the first thing that struck me was just in terms of just visually how it looked. I, um, I loved the intro. I really loved the starting mid-pace. So with, you know, Yaz and the Doctor, um, I guess they were hanging upside down from the first shot. I mean, it's, been, it's a shot that's been done before where they start upside down, swing the camera, you see the right where they are. But even so, it, yeah, this is a show for families and there'd be lots of kids who wouldn't have seen that shot elsewhere. So I think that, that was a lovely, lovely part. Um, you know, throw, throwing in the, the, a couple of negatives along the way, I did think that the... There's just a bit too much exposition to start off with. I thought, you know, being told the fact that in 17 seconds this is going to happen and then four minutes' time the sun's going to explode and uh, just you just didn't need it. So, you know, my, my big gripe with a lot of the writing the last couple of years has always been show, don't tell. There's, there's no need when you've got such an amazing visual medium to keep telling people what's going on. We knew the doctor was in danger. We didn't need to know that she was hanging over acid. You can see that what, you know, if, if, she fell in, you know, if they fell into that, it was going to be a problem. So you don't need to keep telling us all the time. You can see the countdown happening. So you didn't need to be told how many seconds it was. So I'm a big person to enter a lot less speech, a lot more visuals, and go for there. What, what did you think of the opening, Dwayne? I didn't like it. Can I, can I say that now? Yeah. yeah. too negative? No, let's talk about what we're talking about. <laughs> um, I, 
I will say that uh, in, in this in Jody's era, I love the the title sequence. So we're we're not quite up to that yet, but I, I really enjoy that title sequence. It reminds me a lot of the Pertwee era, so uh, I, I like it for that. It However, reminds me of the, of the Cushing films, the Peter Cushing films. Yeah, actually, right. more than you're right. It does have that kind of uh, lava lamp type feel about it. But yeah, it works really well in in a Doctor yeah. Who setting. But yeah, I because I because I don't I don't connect with the character of the 13th Doctor, I, f I found that shouty exposition right at the start really, really irritating. I was, I found myself physically squinting, to be honest. However, I did go into this having not enjoyed Revolution of the Daleks. So I didn't enjoy it. I was a really bad taste in my mouth after that one. I know a lot of people love that, but that's okay. And then they, you know, you had the falling into the TARDIS, hitting the trampoline, both them falling into bed. And you go, okay, so they, they've dropped that in interviews where they're going to end up in bed together. That was the in bed scene. Hopefully that's the end of it. But yeah, so I, I didn't really like it much. I've seen criticism of the of the CGI in in certain circles, but I'm, I, I certainly am not experienced enough or have enough knowledge to know whether it was good or not CGI-wise. It looked fine to me. And you're right, it does look visually quite stunning. So that's as far as the opening goes, I, it, it looked fantastic, just like you said. But Jody's Jody's voice had me squinting. And if you look at the opening scene, just look at that scene. That They're filming in COVID conditions and she looks like she's got a cold and sounds like it too. That's how I sound when I've got hay fever. That, that, that sort of opening I would have thought would probably have just ended that scene, but of course it ended up being a fairly major plot point for what the story's going to go on with. Hmm. So we, we, we then move into the story straight away and we move to Liverpool in the past, 18-something or other, hmm. um, and I, I don't know the history of Liverpool. I must admit, having watched this episode, I, I know I've, I've travelled through Liverpool for a day, I've not actually spent any time in Liverpool, but I've, after seeing this episode, I'm actually quite keen to go back and spend some time there because that museum looked beautiful and the city's looking very beautiful. It, it looks like, you know, when I last went to, the first time I went to Cardiff, it wasn't anything very special. And then when I went a couple of years ago, they really beautified the whole city up. And oh, Liverpool right. is Liverpool is looking, I think, very similar. That okay. It really looks like they're putting a lot of work into it because there's some beautiful buildings that you could see out the windows. So it's, it's, it works as a bit of a travel guide for me. But... In terms of the history of all these tunnels under Liverpool, I don't know anything about that. I've done a bit of research since. So I'm looking forward to seeing how that's connected. But part of what I found into the show was all these kind of disjointed scenes. So you had that scene in Liverpool, and then it's not referred to again at all, though you do have a little flashback to it before the end of conclusion where you flash back to that, that actor. And you've got you know the little angel scene, which you know, which by itself is a you know, pretty good scene, but it just seems to have nothing to do with anything else. So I guess part of the flow of it was just in terms of scene after scene after scene of all these different characters being introduced. And you really it was had very to busy. Work. Very busy, wasn't you, it? Yeah, you, you had to work really hard to keep going on what's what's going on here. Um, so those sort of things were, were, were big. What did you think of Dan? I was a little bit concerned at first because every interview I'd seen, every YouTube clip I'd looked at, I found it really difficult to understand his accent, and that's probably just because of where I'm from. You know, people might find my accent hard to understand, but in the show, I found his his character was probably given 
a little bit more development than some of the other characters that are in there. I think it was done. I think it was done nicely. I liked the character. It was obviously intended to show Dan was a very, 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 very nice guy, and uh, that was done quite well. But it did leave me with questions: Why? Why did he have no food? What? What? What left him in that situation? Why? Why was he suddenly going up and pretending to be a, a tour guide? You know, no one loves their town so much that they just decide to walk into a museum and start being a tour guide. This, oh, I, well, that shows you don't live in Sydney, Dwayne, because but, I do that all the time. <laughs> do you? I, I've been more than I've been no more than once to start doing a bit of a tour guide uh, exposition in different places. You weirdo. Yeah, maybe I am. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, I, those those kind of things left me with with questions. Like, I want to know more about Dan. There's got to be more to his story than we're seeing. One of the things I did appreciate about Dan was it was the, one of the few times it was all shown, not told. And so the fact that you saw Dan in a museum who loves his city, you saw him um, with a, a young woman who obviously it's hard to know how far they relationship is, but they're starting dating. They had a date kind of just obviously in that early instances, but the fact that, you know, she was disabled, but it just wasn't even drawn upon. And so that's his sort of relationships there. The fact that he works out of a food bank, so with Dan, there wasn't exposition telling you, you know, Dan is a nice guy, we have to like him. They actually showed that. I couldn't actually work a- out the connection with the girlfriend at first because I thought at first I thought because of she was looked like she was wearing a uniform. Yes, yeah, she works um, it, in the museum. It was, it was it was a nurse or something. I thought he might have escaped from an asylum. I don't know. <laughs> that that was my initial reaction. But then on second viewing I looked closer and I could see the museum logo. Uh, yeah. And yeah, so that so that worked that yeah that worked well. I liked it. That's a uniform. The, 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 the question I had about Dan was why couldn't he be hypnotised? Because yeah, when the uh, dog creature breaks through his door, and I, and I do think Dan relaxed too quickly to it. I think he I think if someone broke through your door and destroyed the door, you'd be a bit crankier than he was. I think he was pretty easy going about all that. But obviously, that creature thought he should be able to hypnotise Dan. And the fact that Dan could be hypnotised, I don't know whether that's an important point either. Well, as, it, could just be, said, it could just be a homage to Star Wars, who knows? Because, you know, the Chewbacca-type reference, Star Wars. If it is a reference to Star Wars, then I would have thought there'd be something a bit more akin to something that would have some line that uh, Han Solo would say maybe, like, you know, I've got a bad feeling about this. I think that would probably work better. But, um, but yeah, you could be right. There could be. There could be some interesting plot point with the lack of uh, hypnotism. Hmm. Yeah. So, um, as I said, we uh, now I, I said, did bring my notes with me. The um, character that approached the doctor, who knew the doctor from the past, but the doctor didn't know her. Was that? That's not Claire. So that's. Um, I, that, can't was that I can't remember her name. My notes are in the other room. I didn't bring them with me. But that that was actually a very interesting scene, and I do think that whole angel scene was brilliantly filmed. It was traumatic. And then I was sort of thinking, oh, okay, that's why she's met the doctor, because she's gone to the past and met the doctor in the past. But then there's a few things in terms of, well, she must have known she's about to be knocked back to by the angel because she's been there before. But then, hang on, why can't she do it again? So there's a few confusing things in terms of how the angel has sent her back in time. So there's, there's no end of questions that have been raised. And I think good questions. I... I the episode ended and I wanted to watch the next episode. You know, the Sontaran seems interesting. The angel scene was interesting. What do you think of the, the design of the Sontaran? Sontaran. You know what? I've, 
At first, I wasn't impressed. I thought, oh, they spent a lot of money redesigning all this outfit. And then, you know what? As I looked at it a bit more, I thought, you know what? That's actually more in line with... With Lynx. With Lynx. Yeah. Um, and Lynx was, Lynx was you know, more silvery. Silver, this is a bit more battle-worn. Um, but it looked more like the armour rather than the pretty armour that the Sontarans wore during the um, Russell T. Davis era. Right. So, you know what? I actually think, yeah, I'm happy. And then once I heard Dan Starkey's voice... That's, that, that's the thing that struck me because I thought Dan Starkey wasn't in it. That was right. what I'd heard. I didn't expect to see Dan Starkey, and that just made me feel so happy when I yeah. saw him. So that was great. Yeah, he was great. But once again, looking very different because a very different sort of mask, but it, it worked well. What do you think? How did it strike you in terms of Chris Chibnall has deliberately not had pre publicity? We really have no idea what's going on at all. Do you like the fact of not knowing? Do you, do you like to be so spoiler free, or would you rather have more information? Oh, I'm happy to be spoiler free. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind not knowing what's going on. It doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> That's okay. I, I do wonder whether it's the show's detriment that there's not more pre-publicity, so people know more what's coming. Well, I do who's wonder the publicity whether... for? Is the publicity for fans who are definitely going to watch it no matter what, even no, if they don't it, like the era so much like me? Of course definitely. I'm going to watch it. I'm a Doctor yeah. Who fan. I'm, going to, I'm interested in, in how it's going to pan out, whether I am overly enamoured with the, with the series or not. So publicity would not be, for, or it shouldn't be, for me. It should be for the general public. So in a way, yes, it is to the detriment of the show because you want to draw in the general public. You don't want to keep the general public in the dark. Yeah, I think they want, I think people want to hear more of the gossip. So it's interesting that it's something that he, Chris has you know decided to do for the very beginning, and he's still holding on to that. So yeah, I, I, I'd like to know a bit more what's going on. So can I say, generally speaking, because we, we don't go too long, there's a lot of this episode I liked. I think it's my favourite opening episode of the Jodie era. So in terms of Spyfall, I preferred it to Spyfall. I preferred it to the Woman Who Fell to Earth, both of which I thought were quite good opening episodes for a season. So this, I think, is probably her best opening episode for a season. But I do think everything will be decided in the final episode. So Yeah, so in that respect, you can't review this episode as a story. It's it's only right. it's only part of a story. So yeah, it's it's unlike anything we've seen uh, in thirty years. Yeah, I think so. In that respect. So, yeah. So it's 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 all gonna come down to does Chris is he able to pull the pieces together well at the end of the end of the whole story? And if he pulls it together well, then this episode will rise in my estimation. But if he doesn't, then we'll yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's a case of wait and see, isn't it? My curiosity is piqued. So thanks, Sookie, for asking us. We will uh, talk again soon. Bye, guys. Thank you, Dwayne and Philip. And I'd just like to th- thank these guys here for uh, coming on for this week's ep- episode. Hopefully I'll get you back on to do every week to do the feedback. Well, you're welcome, guys. It was, <laughs> I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> okay. Maybe I might not invite you again. Yeah, I think I'd be a fan favourite. <laughs> All right, OK. Don't blow your own trumpet, flipping heck. I have a big eagle. Yeah, you are broadcasting it all over this podcast. They don't know eagle. who I am, though. No. You gave me a false name. Did I heckers like? Yeah. And she's that flipping hyper. She's throwing spoons at me now. I just love my own voice. Okay, so thank you very much, guys. And uh, I'll head back to a proper podcast later. Bye. Do-do. 
Hello, it's me, Cliff Sheps. Sheps. First off, just to say, sorry I can't be there, but as everyone knows, COVID has gone down now. So my job as a fluffer for the porn industry has come back again. And I'm currently pulling off a few people as we speak. What I will say about this episode is it was fantastic. To me, this is perfect family sci-fi viewing. Yep, some of the hardliners might over there might like the darker stuff, but this works well for kids and adults alike. I love the way that Chibnall has adopted the nothing from Neverending Story and it's slowly coming forward and slowly taking over all the different planets and he's called it the floats, but it is definitely the nothing from Neverending Story. The reason why Blink is there and so many of the other different aliens is simply, I think, because all the other destructions of the planets is being destroyed and they're trying to get away. So as they're doing that, they're jumping from one planet to the other. And hopefully we'll see more aliens as that continues. Undoubtedly, we'll see the fantastic Daleks, I'm hoping, and Cybermen as well. Because why not? Chimmel's got his last season he might as well throw the bloody kitchen sink in there and I'm sure at one point there was a clip of a kitchen and a kitchen sink Jodie is great in this but I really wish she would have just moved on a little bit in the way that taken hold of their own character sort of like David Tennant did when he got into his stride after the second season it's a shame she's going gonna miss her but like it says really enjoyed this episode it's not just one episode, it's a six-hour journey story of which I'm glad that we're all watching together. I can't wait to hear what all you guys think all on Bob Tastic Tardis podcast extravaganza. Especially John, who always seems to dig out something I didn't think of and I end up kicking myself afterwards. Love you all. Fantastic. See you soon. Bye-bye from Sheps. Oh, forgot to say, uh, as an episode, it's nine out of ten. That was Sucky and and his family with some surprising and awesome guests along the way, um, and our our chefs as well. Um, so let's just go around this console one last time with anything that you've got to say, gentlemen. Um, I think I, I mean I've pretty much said all I've got to say. Have you got out left to say, Craig? The thing that kept being said about this episode, and it was kind of they used the word a lot in the publicity. I saw it a lot in the publicity. I don't know, but and it was the word epic, and it can be so. I mean, it's been used a lot, hasn't it, over the Christmas specials? It's going to be a blockbuster. It's going to be epic, and actually, this really, really, really felt epic from the breadth of the story that's been unveiled to the special effects, which surely was some of the best special effects that Doctor has seen for as long as I can remember. Um, so, yeah, that's the thing I wanted to say. I just want to talk about, I can't remember his name, the Yorkshire Terrier. Um, Calvinista was Calvinista. I thought that was a really interesting idea, a really cutely done man's, because I still can't got his loyalty, because obviously he's come to save the human race, but there's something else to him, because obviously the Doctor's been battling with him for quite some time. He's a, yeah. he's a division operative. Yeah, mm. so we, That's we, how we, we yeah, we've got a lot to learn about him yet. But I, I love that play on, on maybe because I've got two dogs, but on man's best friend coming to save everyone. I thought it was cool. The invasion force wasn't an invasion force; it was actually a saving force. I thought it was that, that, that was cool that was thing. super cool, and I love yeah. and that again. That's something only Doctor Who could really do, and I love yeah. the fact that that I love the interplay as well between. Um, 
between space dog and 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 Dan. Space dog. When he when he was like, "Look at you, you stupid human! Look at you! You can't! Yeah. It's boggling your little mind, isn't it?" And all that. I thought that was yeah. brilliant because that's what the doctor would never do. When you get yeah. in the TARDIS, they'd be like, "Are oh, you all right?" And he's yeah. like, "You daft human!" Yeah. And I thought that was brilliant. I love Dan's reaction when he comes through his door. Like, oh, you've got to say, you put the effort in. And he's like playing with his little nose and his fur. And obviously, I I just like, that's exactly what you would do as well as a bill for smashing his wall down. But things like as well, there was some real humour in it. Sorry, John. Like when the house miniaturises and you've got that person on the toilet and you hear the toilet flush. It was mm-hmm. Jurassic Park, like. Yeah. And then you hear the, oh, sorry, from Yaz and the Doctor. It just, it was, it was, it had that childishness to it. Like you said, only Doctor Who could do that. You wouldn't get it in Star Trek or something no. deep sci-fi. But it was just, it was sweet. Yeah. No, it was, uh, it was amazing. Is that mm. you done, Craig? Yeah, I felt I'd gone a bit too long. That's why I apologise to John. I thought I can change for ages there. Lovely final sentence there, Craig. Thanks. John, have you got much much left to put around this console? Only that I'm optimistic now uh, coming into this season because uh, they've been brave enough to put in threads that uh, we don't know where they're going. Multiple threads. It's not nothing was resolved. It was a confusing first episode, ostensibly, and they were brave enough to do that. That can only yes. be good yeah. for the future of it and the balance between humour and seriousness. And the humour wasn't cheesy. It was good humor. It, it, like there's a there's a narrow, there's a tight line between the two. Yeah, but the humor was entirely not really funny, rather than just like uh cringe. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm very I'm very optimistic for what's coming forward. Ah, excellent. This is this is uh, all great news. Um, like I say, I've I've I've, I've I'm spent. Um, but let's just go around. Um, and just 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 to end off, how did this make you feel, Craig? In one sentence, how did this make you feel? I was relieved that it had done so well and I was buzzing about where it was going to go. So relieved and buzzing. Relieved and buzzing, relieved and buzzing. I like that idea. That John, how did it make you feel? Optimistic and speculative. Oh, wow. Love it. Mm. John, is, John is a deep thinker. Not, not really. It, 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 made me, it made my love of who, ref, it made me refreshed and wet. Oh, moist. Damn. No, don't say that word. I know. People don't like moist. I don't understand. Clammy. Well, I hope you've enjoyed the, this first episode of uh, Around uh, the Console. We've we've had a lovely time. Um, and yeah, we'll be we'll be back next week. Um, and we look forward to seeing you. Hello, YouTubers. That's nice of you to join us as well. So yeah, see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye bye. John did a bye. <laughs> Recording stopped. That was uh, cool. Uh, this is the first one ever. Fuck it. After that, you know what I mean?